the two biggest triggers, this is what I tell anybody who asks something even similar to that. Number one is asking powerful questions of yourself. And two is what we teach and what we do in high performance, self-diagnostic. So ask powerful questions, like am I living purposefully right now? And then rate yourself. That's the self-diagnostic piece. Because for some reason, when we rate ourselves low, at least with most people I've ever worked with, they're like, oh, that stinks. I need to do something <laughs> to level that up. And that third optional piece is, okay, if I rate myself low, what do I have to do? What's one thing I could do to level that up just a half a point? Mm -hmm. And it's that circle that like ask question, rate, what can I do? That trifecta, if you will, is what propels more awareness. Mm -hmm. Because then your brain's thinking that instead of a lot of times disempowering thoughts like I, I stink at this. I'm not going to be any good at this. This is just making me more mad. That kind of thing. Yeah. And that brings and us back to what we talked about earlier about judgment and curiosity, right? A statement yeah. about yourself is a judgment. I'm no good. Yeah. I'm, I can't do this. It's too hard. It's a statement. Whereas if we get curious and go, I could be better. How could I be better? Yeah. What can I do now to improve? I'm feeling low in energy. What could I do to generate more energy? Welcome to the I Heart My Life show with success coach, Emily Williams. Tune in daily to learn how to design a life you love, create more success and wealth, move past fear and blocks, and bring more joy into your life and business. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams. Welcome everybody to the I Help My Life show. I am James Williams, your host, and today I have an awesome fantastic wonderful guest i'm so honored to have my good friend here and the rock star that is charlie coldwell welcome to the show my friend oh thank you so much what an awesome intro so charlie charlie um it's so wonderful to have you on the show because you've been such an inspiration to me and to my wife and to so many people out there charlie is um he's a 30-year business and online expert certified high performance coach with at this point over 3,000 coaches sessioned, right? 3,000 yeah. sessions coached, which is amazing. Um, Charlie, in October of 2000, at the age of 29, had the absolute honor of seeing an experiment in his life pay off in dividends. Six years earlier, after burning out from working long hours and trading time for money, Charlie had an epiphany. And that epiphany was reoccurring revenue, right? Freedom. So Charlie believes that his girls, Paige and Josie, are the only real legacy he'll leave on this beautiful planet. And he believes in this first, right? Family first. Um, outside of the world of, you know, helping the world get more masterful in life and in business and online, you'll commonly find Charlie playing tennis at the beach or running at the beach or walking in the park or traveling the world and basically living a life full of experience and not stuff. Charlie, pleasure to have you, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. And I love hearing that. That's a huge part to my theme, experiences, yeah. not things. <laughs> right. And, it's, yeah. and it's, it's, taken, it's taken a journey to really realize that for you, hasn't it? Um, you know, one thing that's really common with all the people that we talk to in this show is that they've all had an experience in their life that has really been, a, there's really been a turning point at some point that's really made them think, you know what, I've got to change. Something here has got to change. What was that for you? Uh, well, there's two parts to it. One was I felt I've always felt this need to be my own person. Mm. And sometimes that got me in a lot of trouble, <laughs> especially early <laughs> on. 
no, I don't want to do it that way. I'll do it my way. And the other thing was when I understood sales and marketing early on, I understood that so many of the things were wired to want to acquire, hmm. like you're just wired to keep up with the Joneses, as they say. And I was like, that's, that's not part of my scene. I don't want to keep up with the Joneses. As a matter of fact, I was watching people who were living that life of experience, going from place to place, traveling the world, or just being out and about. That, and I was noticing that a lot of them didn't have a lot of things. They weren't like, they didn't have anything, but they just had things that they either loved or that were useful. Kind of like that one book, uh, Magic Art of Tidying Up. Yeah. And when I got clear on that, that was probably in the early zeros, 2000, 2001, uh, I was also simultaneously in the motorhome where it was very much, you just had what you needed. <laughs> and I was like, this life is amazing. So it was those kind of breakthroughs for me that mm. built that if, that, if that all comes together for you. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And it's, it's really interesting. We've got some very good friends who, uh, who are traveling the world and doing some amazing things right now. And and um it's such a beautiful existence and they're 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 really displaying everything you're talking about that that kind of you know light lifestyle where they don't have anything more than they need and they find a huge amount of their pleasure in experience and and you know just roaming and seeing the world right you yeah. you talked a lot about um about this this period of your life where you burnt out where you were trading time for money what was the breaking point for you there well, it, let me kind of frame that up a little bit. Yeah. In the late 80s, I was so honored by this guy named Craig mm. to be brought in to build computer systems. Now, coming from the world of me just coding and building my own computers and like all this stuff, it was a dream job. And about 91, 92, he's like, hey, uh, well, we were sitting at a big boys. It's a restaurant in Howell, Michigan. And we're sitting there and I'm like, Craig, I think I can start to help like grow this beyond just doing technical work. And he goes, yeah, do what you want. Because he was kind of like a teacher at a college. And his computer business was just a side thing for him. Mm. And I said, so why don't we just call me vice president general manager? He goes, sounds great. And that was an honor because back then the economy wasn't doing well. And we were able to really build that. But my problem was I just get on something. And I'm still like this, but I have great sort of practices in play not to get overboard. And I wouldn't let off, right? Like it's that work obsession, or sometimes people call it a workaholic. And I did that. And over the course of the next two years, we built that business uh, probably 10x in terms of total revenue. But it was me trading time for money. Mm. I didn't understand the principle very well that Michael Gerber teaches in Emith Revisited about you're the technician, the manager, or the entrepreneur. And I was playing too much of the tech role, then the manager role. Mm -hmm. And the manager in that case was meeting with people. So by 94, I was like, uh, I get these migraines where you can't see, like it's a aura, they call it an aura. And I had a day where I had five of those back to back. Wow. So tight in the neck. And that led to a, like a mini nervous breakdown. And I was just like, something has to change. And that's where I, I guess I opened my mind up to hear other options. Cause I kind of felt like I'm doing it my way. Well, you know what I mean? That's kind of mm -hmm. young me <laughs> before you learn to listen to others and people have been down the path and Nobody understands. That was kind of what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. So that was the, the setup and then the shift. So that's kind of how that all came to be. It was just work, 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 and then really go after it. And didn't understand what people call a work-life balance, but I like to call it a harmony in life. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, do you know what, Charlie? It's such a common thing you see, um, and I'm sure you see it with your clients, and you see it in the world of entrepreneurship a lot. 
is that people get get their teeth into something and a lot of times for good reason they're excited they want to work right it becomes their baby but they forget about all the other areas of their life um i always like to think of it as spokes on a wheel they're so focused on one or two spokes but the rest of the spokes aren't being paid attention to so the wheel's not turning properly and and quite often it's it's when it's almost too late that they figure this out and what you managed to do you make that shift without crashing was really really crucial because i know that uh, for me you know that's one of the mo- that's one of the key drivers to make sure that i don't see anyone suffer like that and don't see anyone have to go through that so what was it for you that once you realize, right, something's got to change, how did you, how did you start that journey? Because from someone who's, yeah. as you said, still very hardwired, could quite easily work that way. You know, we could call it a recovering workaholic, right? Yes. It's there under the skin. How yep. did you start to move forward when that was so against what you were doing for so long? Yeah. The biggest shift I had was a simple question. There's got to be a better way. Mm. What is it? <laughs> and I was like, there's just got to be a better way mm. because I see people like in our building that we, we had an office, two offices actually in this building that are, that seem to be a lot happier and I know they're crushing it, you know, from a financial sense, from a business sense. So the owner of our building, a guy named Ed, uh, he also was the owner of the insurance company that was in our building. Uh, he would always at 4.30 each day, it seemed like it was 4.30 each day, you'd hear echoing down the halls, this, and what he was doing was uh, cracking open a beer, <laughs> wow. and he would celebrate his day with a beer. And so I happened to be coming back after that little breakdown from installing a computer system, which is one of the things we did back then. We would The way we added extra value is we would build the computer, take it to their house or office, set it up, and this was back before Windows, so they would have to use Lotus, WordPerfect, uh, Quicken for DOS or whatever it was, and we would set it up and let them kind of get into it all make sure they could print, make sure they knew how to turn everything on and off. And I just remember coming in the stairs, stomping up the stairs. I, I generally was a very like, happy guy, but that day I was just like, something's got to change, man. This is ridiculous. Because I had figured out on the way back the amount of profit we actually made on that system. Mm. And it was an older gal, and she was like, here's the system I can get at CompUSA 40 miles away. <laughs> and it was like, well, back then I didn't understand value differentiation. So I didn't understand to tell her, well, this isn't like that. We're going to come to your house, install it, and train you. These kind of extra things. And we made like 50 bucks. And I'm like, I love helping people. But on the other side, it was like, this, this is the top end of what I can possibly do with me as a person. Mm. And I come up the stairs, and it happened to be around 4.30. <laughs> Beer cracks. And at the top of the stairs to the left was his office. And I went in, and I would do this a lot, sit in and talk to Ed. I sat down with Ed, and I'm like, Ed, tell me something good. And he goes, beer is good. He goes, <laughs> and I started laughing. And he goes, so what's, what's wrong, man? You don't look as chipper as you usually are. And I started explaining it. And he goes, oh, it sounds, sounds to me like you don't understand leverage. Uh, recurring revenue. And he had a conversation about that. It was a, kind of the very first time I ever heard of either of those things. Just in my business journey back then. Like the internet wasn't a thing yet. Uh, the web. <laughs> so you weren't like on this stuff. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, tell me how, what that is. And then he explained his business and insurance, how he keeps people happy, keeps the relationship alive, and people come in and pay him quarterly, annually, or semi-annually. And I was like, oh, well, that's a good setup. So then my brain started thinking subscriptions. And it was that moment that that seed was planted. And then within a year, we built 
uh, a business, this was just my wife at the time and I, that was a subscription-based business, which was an internet service provider. So I laid the plan out based on that conversation of everything, like if you picture a hub, the spokes, in the middle was subscription revenue. All the conversations of everything we were going to do ended with, hey, are you on our service? Here's all the benefits of it. Hmm. Local, local internet, these kind of things. And that shift alone, the leverage, recurring revenue, led to what I teach today as recurring revenue equals freedom. And that was my life. Wow. So Craig was nice enough to let us do our thing. And I still like we still work together uh, at the time, Craig and I, uh, with the, his computer business, stuff like that. And then I did my thing with the Internet. And that was September 1st, 1995. We started, sold that October 10th of 2000. We built that with 10,000 subscribers paying about $20 a month. And it was that shift. Then when I saw that the best businesses to buy and sell are ones with almost guaranteed revenue, recurring revenue in the case of our subscription, then a big company came when we hit 10,000. They're like, hey, you guys hit the magic number. We'd like to talk about uh, integrating or acquiring you. And that was how that whole, like, that magic happened. But it was that one shift. That one Ed, shift. Back in the beer, mm. leverage recurring revenue, planted the seed. I'm like, oh. So it turned the way I viewed the, I would dare say the entrepreneurial world, but the business world. How did that, that shift affect your lifestyle? Because at that point, yeah. like you said, at that point, you know, you won't get an ROI from your, for, your, for your energy output, really. How did that shift, even before the pieces were in place, how did that shift energetically serve you? And yeah. what did that create for you outside of work, uh, in your health, in your relationships, in, in, in your relationship with yourself? What happened there? Well, the difference was I still was on the hunt work-wise. Work so I was still living the work, doing the work. And it wasn't until the very end of that bigger business that I realized if I was to redo this six-year journey where we were able to sell this business, I would have paid a lot more attention to my health. Mm. Um, so the thing that shifted, there's two parts to it. One, that I had hope now that there was a better way. And that was early in the 94, 95, and we were on it. Two, after that journey, realizing that you know, I made a mistake because I gained, uh, went from about 200 pounds in 95 to 270. Just today I'm at about 195. And I just didn't pay attention to anything but work. Mm. Like my thought was uh, work was in control of life. And I didn't realize I could have made the choice that life, I'm in control of life and work. Mm -hmm. And I should have delegated better than these things. We delegated reactively not proactively. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of shifts there. But that was the two big things. Hope was brought in 94, like there is a better way. And I can see it. Then I put it in play, but I didn't realize that last step, big part of what you and I do in high performance coaching, is to make sure that we're keeping alignment in these life arenas. Mm -hmm. And just trying to like, okay, this is going great, but I really need to check in with my family. I need to check in with, like at the time, my wife. I need to check in with my friends. I need to check in with my health. Those kind of things. Yeah. So there's two of the big breakthroughs. So that's huge that you were given some hope that that led that seed to the right direction. You're excited again. You feel like, okay, I can leverage here. I can create a life that's giving me ROI in all areas. But then you realize that actually you were still focusing heavily on, on you, you, the addict, the work addict was still there and we're still focusing majoritively. The majority of that focus was focused on work, right? So yeah. then we get to that point where you think, okay, physically, there's a lot more I can do, but physically, there's, I'm being held back. 
mentally and maybe being held back because outside of work, there's still some jobs to be done. So let's talk about that journey because like the way you're looking now, you're healthy, you're energetic, yet you still got that work ethic. So there's an evolution to that process. So you're on the journey, you're, you're leveraging, you're understanding, um, uh, you're understanding revenue and, and, and all that kind of stuff in the business. Where did the health shift happen? The health shift happened, man, it was a, from 2000 when we were in the motorhome for about a year, year and a half, through 2011, this was going on, ups and downs. Yeah. And it was just a, a big part of like, why can't I get this right? Mm-hmm. Now, when we were in the motorhome, I didn't have any work. So that was quite a shift <laughs> after like hardcore work for, you know, uh, 12 years. And to get in the motorhome and it's like the work that I have is to drive it and enjoy life. And I was just still trying to figure out, I was down in weight, like 230. And that was kind of my indicator, like how in command of life I felt was how like my weight piece, somehow I made that connection. And it wasn't until 2012 when I started to get in high performance that I saw the gaps in my logic. And it was through our physiology work, clarity, uh, courage, definitely, and this and energy. Like these sessions that we do, those were the things that were like, oh, didn't think of it that way, didn't do that. And it was that shift that took me literally in six months from 230 down to 195. And I've stayed below 200 ever since. And it was just putting those practices in play. Right. And how important for all of those listening that find themselves in that spot where they're, they're doing what they love, they're working hard, but they're feeling that sense of obligation. Everyone's telling me that I need to do more to be healthy, that I need to eat better, that I need to exercise more, that my energy lack is because of that. But it feels like an obligation. I don't find, I feel like if I focus on that, I'm going to have less, less time in my business. What do you say to those voices? Well, first of all, I say that's how I thought back in the day. And it's completely not true because the most, like if we're just looking at it from a revenue perspective, the most amount of revenue outside of the big business that I've ever made is when all of that's been in check. Like there's a idea that I thought, yeah, it seems right where you exercise and then you go to work, you're like five X more productive. And then if you take some of the principles we teach like time blocking and you put that in play, like, and you really live that you're, it, it, I don't know, some people, and I'm one of them where you keep me really busy for an hour to an hour and a half and focused, I get more done in that hour and a half than I could in a day. And that's that shift that can happen, but they have to be willing to try and be willing as we teach to change, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, and to challenge themselves. Yeah. Now that's amazing. It's, um, there's a, there's a misconception that to that productivity is about how many hours you work and it's not right. It's how effective you are. And yeah. to be able to, to be able to say to someone that's looking for more time in their days that, you can actually get more done and have more time to spend with your family, to go and see some friends, to you know, cook yourself a nice meal and spend, and spend time with those that you love. You can have more time and the time yes. is totally relative. That's an exciting prospect, right? But it is, it's just making that choice and it's not going to be easy. That's the growth edge is that there's, it's going to feel hard to change something you've been doing a long period of time. But if you can just focus on what's on the other side of that growth edge then that's it. it's then you're going to get there right 
Charlie, this has been amazing. We're going to take a short break. And then when we get back, we're going to talk about how this, is, how this was really leveraged from that point on. You're, you're nailing down your health. You've really got a, a grasp on all those years of experience in business and where that's been taking you over the last few years to this point. So we'll be back right after this short break. Do you want to learn how to make and attract more money in your business? If so, my iHeartMoney Live program is for you. It's a 10-week program where you can jump in, learn all about money mindset, how to transform the way you think about money, your relationship with money, and in turn, make more money in your business. So if you're interested, go to iHeartMoneyLive.com. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Welcome back, everybody. You're with me, James Williams, and my amazing guest, Charlie Caldwell. Charlie, um, thank you so much for what you've shared with us so far. What an amazing journey you've been on. Let's talk now about how you managed to leverage those lessons that you learned in those early days leading up until 2012 when you really started paying more attention to your health um, yeah. and what that's leading to you, leading to right now. Yeah. Uh, the very first shift that I had to make in 2012 was come off of, I guess, 40 years of being a night owl. Mm. But I don't know. I, the earliest I can remember staying up late doing what I wanted was like when I was 12. So maybe that wasn't the 12, 40 years at the time. Maybe more like 28. <laughs> but the idea was, I thought I was so productive at night. Like I would tell people, uh, noon or midnight to 2 a.m., that's my time, and I'd crush it. But I didn't realize I wasn't crushing it like I can from like 5.30 to 7.30 or 6 to 8 in the morning. Like one of the things I've learned as I've coached so many people is that they can control, command their day, best chances in the morning. Even with kids, if they get up before kids, uh, they have at least that pocket of time that they own and they're in control of on their own. Mm. And that was a huge shift. But a big part of that was really having an open mind to say, you know, years and years of conditioning, I got to change that and got to trial it. So I just trialed everything. Yeah. I try out going to bed, like literally really going after going to bed at 10, 1030 and getting up eight hours later. That was how I tried it back. At the, I think it was the end of 2011, beginning of 2012. And I said, I'll just try it for a week and I'll start on a Sunday night and I'll see how I feel on Saturday. By the time Thursday hit, I was a whole new person. Mm. I was feeling this consistent energy and I was like, this is what the other, the other way of being is like the morning guy. Yeah. And I never quit. Wow. And, that's, and that's how I should. That's <laughs> key, right? It's trying it. Because I know, I know lots of people that say that, you know, but oh, I'm just more productive in the evening and, and that works better for me. Um, um, but they're not sleeping great. And it's, 
it is just giving it a go. It's trying it. It's it's recognizing yeah. yeah there's you've been doing things a long a, cer- a certain way for a long period of time, and so your brain's used to it. It's like people that get a headache after quitting caffeine for for a week. It's just right. because you've got used to a certain thing. Your body needs to adjust. So just give it a go. Just try. It can't hurt, right? Give it a go yeah. for a week. Pick like it was great. You picked a sunny week. You know, made it easier. Try and pick a week where it's warmer in the morning, maybe. Just give it a go and just see. Charlie's an example. Having spent years being the night owl, knowing Charlie's yeah. probably at rock concerts and things like that <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> I was. Um, just a week. Still and the, just still. after a week, you were noticing the difference. That's huge. Yeah, it was like a consistent energy. And uh, I would dare say, like, more clarity. Mm. Like, I wasn't kind of stumbling into my day. I was like, I'm up here for everybody else. Maybe I should plan this day. Mm-hmm. Let's try that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was that consistent energy throughout the day. Yeah. I was also doing a couple uh, eating changes too, coming off a lot of carbs in the afternoon, more towards veg- veggies, um, and then uh, just making sure I was hydrating a lot of water. These are all sort of the high performance principles that we teach, but I was just putting those in play in threes, power of threes. Yeah, and that's so important. How you know what you feed your body and. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of science that backs up the early morning routine. You know, you, if you consider that um, at nighttime we're recovering mentally and physically, we are recovering. That's when the magic happens, right? We don't when we're at the gym, our muscles aren't growing. When we're reading books and we're studying, we're not actually learning. All that stuff happens when we're recovering. So Charlie going to bed early, waking up in the morning, he's woken up. His body and his mind has recovered and, and implemented all this stuff. And now he's like supercharged for the day. Yeah. And that's the, that's the secret sauce. And then backing that up with keeping himself hydrated and really considering the fuel that he's putting in his body and not making anything wrong. I think this is really important. It's not about having uh, um, denying yourself anything in your diet, really. Right. It's just being conscious of what you're feeding yourself and when you're feeding yourself to optimize and make yourself feel great. So you can enjoy yeah. food rather than be addicted to it, right? Yep. So it's a very subtle but really important change. Yeah, and the change sort of agent that really helped me sort of perceive a different way of being was watching my daughter at the time try everything new. What I mean by that is it was it actually it was earlier than 2012, but I watched my youngest daughter like come into the where she started to t- taste things for the first time, mm-hmm. and it was you could tell right away. You put like uh, peas in her mouth and she'd be like, and then all of a sudden she'd light <laughs> up, or she'd be like, you know, like that. And it was like, I, when was the last time I ever tried everything that I thought I mm. hated or disliked? Yeah, like it was new. Right. And so I went on this like journey for myself to try for new, and now that. Now that we teach that in high performance, it's controlling for new. But like the idea was, let me just try things that I think I don't like and really give it a go. Like really just get rid of, as, as hard as it can be, get rid of the thoughts in my brain about what I'm bringing to it and just be like, let me forget that for a minute. Let me just try this and see if there's anything there, like that I like it or that it helps me feel better or it helps me live better. And that just that little shift, that change agent thought, was everything, and this is what a lot of people have, have noticed as I've taught this and illustrated this, that shift has been everything for people to be, oh, let me try for new. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. That was a game changer for me, and it, that's why I am here with you today. It's just, that was the beginning journey, if you will. That's so, that's so beautiful, yeah. isn't it? Amazing what we can learn from our kids or from, from the young kids out there that, that come into the world free of judgment. 
it's yeah. new everything's new so it's like i'm not i don't have a judgment because there hasn't been anything thrown in front of me like that's good or that's bad it's yeah. just literally curiosity right <laughs> yep and so you've replaced that judgment with some curiosity and thought okay let's you know and this is a really common one that you know in our industry, it's not that um, uncommon, but uh, for those who haven't paid, haven't been diving into personal development or health and wellness as intensely, you know, I'm sure everyone's realizing that a lot more people are juicing and making smoothies and things these days and drinking a lot more green stuff. And there's a lot of people like, oh no, it's just going to be disgusting. But, you know, give it a go. Just see what happens, you know? I, I, I've, I, I remember, I've told so many people, you chuck a bag full of frozen kale in with a load of fruit and a juice and you're not going to taste it. Just give it a go, right? It's really not that bad. Um, yeah. And so, and I love how you've learned that from, from your daughter. I think that's so beautiful. Um, it's such an important lesson, right? To get curious yeah. and have fun and reset, yep. right? And really pay attention. What are all the assumptions I'm making in all areas of my life? That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And boy, I'm on that. And I always think of it in threes, uh, and especially if it's a bigger change. Like, what is the three things that I need to trial right now? Mm-hmm. And, and I'll think of it in threes, but then I'll take three weeks and trial one each week. Fantastic. So for a lot of people, it's just, oh, I'm going to try, I'll sleep, change my sleep thing around this week and see how I feel at the end of the week. Next week, I'll try drinking more water. The week after that, I'll try, you know, that kale idea with fruit. <laughs> So not overloading the system, right? Not going, exactly. not overwhelming yourself. I think that's a, a common challenge for people as they feel like they've got to climb the whole mountain in one step. Yeah. And, and it's baby steps, right? I, I like to think of it as a dial, right? Just turn it up a little bit every day. Just a yeah. little bit of progress every day. And before you know it, yeah. you've come a long way. The next that's thing, exactly. Charlie, I really want to talk about is this. You've got this wonderful framework that really demonstrates uh, a value system you have in your life is the, the five P's framework. I'd love for you to yes. tell us about that. So one of the things that I really wish that somebody had told me early on was the idea of living like purposefully. Mm-hmm. Because here's what you and I know is that when we feel purposeful about what we do in life, it pulls us rather than us pushing. Like we're just like, yeah, I got to do this. Like today, I get to get up at you know 5.30 and be here with you and just own this early in the morning, which is testament to what we talked about earlier. Right. And so there's that feeling of purposefulness. And so many people that I know, they feel purposeful, just kind of like, yeah, I feel like this is purposeful, but they don't have it defined. So that's the first P, purposeful. And I always ask when they go over these Ps, like if you were to rate yourself for the year 2018 so far, how purposeful have you felt overall? One, not at all, 10, owning it. And then the next P, is passionate. Like, what are we passionate about and what are we doing to drive our passion? You know, and for me, big thing is just being here with you, helping others improve their lives, helping others grow their businesses. Those are things that really wire me. Mm. Now, I make sure that I'm feeding that. So these two Ps that we've got covered so far are both very powerful questions, but also very powerful ways to keep in alignment with who we want to be on this beautiful planet of ours. Third is positive. You know, a big premise we teach in high performance is to bring the joy and really own having a positive experience, positive relationships, positive well-being. And so that's another check-in. How positive have I felt this year? What am I doing to generate more joy, generate more positivity? The fourth P is productive. And I always put a star by that because a lot of people think when they think productive and productivity, they think uh, I've got to be more busy. And, and what we teach is not that at all. It's doing the right things, going after your life's ambitions. So there's 
the work aspect of it, the what we call the mission, but also just the other things like how productive are you in your own downtime? Like for me, the most productive downtime is taking a walk in this park that's by our where the studio in the sky is, coming back, playing 30 minutes of Battlefield 4 on a video game, and then just getting right back into doing work, like traditional helping the world work. <laughs> but these things help me be better. Mm. These what we call planned distractions mm -hmm. or just productivity break. You know what I mean? Like we're going after that. So that's the fourth P, productive. And then the last P, the P that I see a lot of thought leaders miss is profitability, profitable. Like what are we doing to live into those first four Ps? This reason why this is the last and generate revenue and dare I say uh, recurring <laughs> revenue, leveraged income so that we can sit back and enjoy, like so many people and myself included, watch emails come in with payments every month. They have that turned on and I do. And they're like, I'm serving the world and payments are rolling while I'm sleeping. Mm -hmm. And that's like when you get those five together, that's a very powerful way of living, being, serving and contributing in the world. So that's the 5P framework. That's beautiful, Charlie. Really beautiful. There, you, you said about your daughter tasting peas the other day. I tell you, there's some peas that I would love to taste regularly. And I think everyone listening would love to taste those peas, right? Oh, yeah. I love that. Right? Yeah, totally. And it's really important when you said about productivity. Um, it's something that people don't always think about outside of work. And, right. and even the payoff, right? Even, even that, you know, being yeah. productive in all areas of our life produces a payoff, a, re a reoccurring payoff, right? This is about momentum. Yeah and sustaining that momentum in your business, in your health, in your relationships with your family and your friends, right? Yeah. With your relationship with yourself. And when you're living with that much purpose and passion, it's, um, you know, it does, it, the, the ball keeps rolling. And yeah. you can see it on your face. It's, it's uh, what, you know, gone 6.30 a.m. and Charlie's beaming like he's been up all day, right? The guy that used to be a night owl and probably was halfway through his sleep, you know, uh, yeah. You know when he was younger, and so now this is this is what happens, and it's this is yeah. the most important thing. And we talk about this in influence, right? You are being a role model. You're displaying the the example of what it is you're teaching. Yes, someone that that's can exactly bright it. and vibrant and happy to be here at six thirty in the morning, right? Not many people yeah. want to talk to me at this early in the morning. <laughs> Might be a bit much. So that's yeah. just beautiful. I love that framework, and you know that is ultimately. You know what you t you talk about personal freedom and you know yes. you ask anyone well ultimately what do you want in your life what it's you know you know outside of the logistics what is it you want and so many people say freedom yep that's you know, it freedom this is how yeah, you get it people yeah write it down it, it is <laughs> it is and it's literally you just put those down in order and then you just put maybe in a spreadsheet like goes on the left column and then you just put you know, whatever the today's date is, and then a week from now and two weeks from now, and just re-rate yourself and ask those questions because, you know, energy flows where attention goes. Mm -hmm. You start putting energy into these things, you're like, well, what would it be for me to live more positive? What would it be for me to live more passionate? What would it be to me to live more productive the way we've defined it? And what do I have to do to shift? That's why I think if I heard that 92, 3, 4, there would have been a game changer earlier on in my life, but I did my own journey throughout the 90s to make the realization, like in the 2010s, that I had a great story and I had learned a lot, a hodgepodge of my own, and shifting that was huge. Mm. Moving into, you know, 
well, we're almost into 2020. <laughs> so now we can teach that and give good context for why it's important. Amazing. Absolutely amazing, Charlie. So let's just run over it one more time before we take the next break. Sure. Charlie's five P's framework to live and love purposefully, passionately, positively, productively, and profitably. And it's ultimately to, to create personal freedom in your life, right? All the P's, taste the P's, love the P's. Thank you, Charlie. We're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and we're going to, we're going to talk about how all of this is still relevant in your life now, where you're heading in the future and where people can find you. So we'll be right back after this short break. Are you looking to move forward with your dream coaching business? I know when I was first starting out as a coach, I had no idea where to start. I didn't know how to launch my website. I had no clue who I wanted to work with, what sort of program to create, or even how to get started. If you're feeling like that, not to worry. I have the perfect program for you. We've created iHeart Coaching for the aspiring and new coach alike, and it's available for registration today. So go to iHeartCoaching.com to find out how you can start your own dream coaching business and join the world's most successful, making a huge impact in the world. I'd like you to meet Dr. Faye Wilson, change agent, ordained minister, and host of Intentional, right here on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. Dr. Fay, America Out Loud is all about the vision of the voices. How can one's voice make the ultimate difference? The messages of this program and others that are on the Out Loud platform are so powerful that are reaching the world with positive messages. Even as a news platform, it is doing news in a different way so that people are actually standing up and paying attention to what's being said. And again, walking away from the table, having these discussions. I have people, let me tell you this quickly, I have people in my prayer group that are now listening to the Out Loud platform and they're texting me and calling me going, wow. We are excited you're here. AmericaOutloud.com. Our commitment is clear to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. I'm James Williams, and I'm with the wonderful Charlie Caldwell, everybody. Thank you for joining us, Charlie. Thank you for uh, such an amazing interview so far, such an amazing, juicy content, uh, sharing your journey with us. It's been amazing. Um, what, we, what I'd love to talk about for this last section is, is where you are right now, how you're maintaining this momentum, and, and really understanding how you know, that bounce-back ability is such an important element of continued growth and momentum and um, where it is you're leading yourself in the future. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So the way that I really step into this now, uh, one of the biggest sort of traits that I guess the characteristic that I feel is I'm ultra aware Mm. of how I'm feeling. Like, let's just rewind 10 years ago. And I knew basically that I needed a break when I was in the middle of work, but I didn't take the break. And then I kind of downward spiraled in productivity. By the end of the day, I was kind of frustrated because I felt like I wasted part of my afternoon or all of my afternoon. Mm. Today, I'm ultra aware of, whoa, I feel like I need a break. 
So literally, I wrap up what I've got, I document it so that I can cleanse my brain of it. So I usually do that work in Evernote. I'll like, okay, here's my thoughts right now, where I'm at in this project. My job right now is to get a break in. And whether that's a 10 minute break, or whether I go for a run, or whether I just take like two or three hours off and go to the beach, depends on the magnitude of how, how much I sense I need the break. But I think the thing is, is that I'm Balter aware and I take the break. And that is a propellant in a major way for massive productivity. Mm. Because when your body feels satiated from the break side, you get back in and you're like, all right, it's time to own this and I'm ready to rock. That's at least how I feel. So it's really important, and I love this sort of byproduct of working through high performance. We feel we're so much more conscious, so much more aware of where we're at and what we need. Like we're able to call it out and we're able to step into it. The biggest part though, and this is a huge part of people who are on their own journeys in this, is they'll see the, they'll acknowledge they need something, they'll set the kind of intention for it, but they don't take the action. Mm-hmm. And it's in that intention to action shift where everything changes. Mm. So it's that, that's been the number one, like, if you want to call it fundamental, be aware, set intention, take action. And the quicker that I do that, the better I feel, the better I'm living into it. Some people call it a work-life balance. I don't like that phrase. I like the phrase living in harmony mm. in work and life. Yeah. Where we're just what we need to do and, and just serving, right? Yeah. That's so, so important, Charlie. And it's, um, you know, you're so right with that awareness. And there's, there's, there's a big difference between intellectualizing and understanding cognitively, I need some more water or I need a break or I'm going to meditate later or I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow. But I think ultimately what I'm hearing from you, and I know it's true for me, is that when you've really built up a, a relationship with yourself and you actually start caring about yourself, yeah. then that information moves down here a little bit and you feel it. And it's like, yeah. you know, I need some water right now. I, I'm thirsty. And if I don't get any water, I'm going to get foggy. I'm not going to then be able to serve. I'm not going to be able to do a good job and ultimately be my best for other people. That's that other level of understanding intellectually. If this was all about intellect, then we would just say, go and read a load of books and you're there. Yeah. But it's not about information. I share this, that information is information without you know, knowledge and information without integration is just knowledge and information. That's all it is, right? Yeah. And we're not encyclopedias. Yeah. We're human beings and we have feelings. We have all these other elements that we can use to integrate and feel. And so, so wonderful to hear you talk about how you've made that such a practice and you've developed an amazing yeah. relationship with yourself and, and are unapologetic, right? It's like, I want to go and I want to go for a run. It's a beautiful day. And I've got loads to do in my business, which is why I want to go for a run. So that when I come yeah. back, I crush it. That's it. And I tell you, every time I come back, even if I was giving myself a lot of resistance about doing the run, but for some reason now there's that threshold where I overcome the resistance almost always. Um, I come back and I'm like, so much, I'm so happy I did that. I feel so much better about what I'm doing. Mm. Because in that break, I practice gratitude. So when I'm running, I'm like, I'm so happy that I can be out here running, doing this. But I'm really happy about the work I've been doing today. Mm. So I'm, I'm reintegrating. And then I come back even more focused. So it's, it's this, this beautiful, like, like I said, harmony. Mm. Where you're just, body needs this, let's go out and do that. Body needs that, let's do that. Oh, we need to live purposefully, let's do this from the work side. Mm. <laughs> Charlie, you know what, it's... What's really interesting is that, you know, a lot of people I think are going to be watching this can be like, okay, so 
he's very he's very clued in he, he's very aware of himself and they might be thinking well I'm not that aware yet so what can I do to set up triggers or what triggers could I set up to remind myself to give myself a helping hand whilst I develop that relationship with myself have you what sort of triggers have you set up that have really helped yeah. you you know become more intentional with following through on on those things the two biggest triggers this is what I tell anybody who asks something even similar to that Number one is asking powerful questions of yourself. And two is what we teach and what we do in high performance, self-diagnostic. So ask powerful questions, like, am I living purposefully right now? And then rate yourself. That's the self-diagnostic piece. Because for some reason, when we rate ourselves low, at least with most people I've ever worked with, they're like, oh, that stinks. I need to do something (laughs) to level that up. And that third optional piece is, okay, if I rate myself low, what do I have to do? What's one thing I could do to level that up just a half a point? Mm-hmm. And it's that circle, that like ask question, rate, what can I do? That trifecta, if you will, is what propels more awareness. Mm-hmm. Because then your brain's thinking that instead of a lot of times disempowering thoughts like I, I stink at this. I'm not going to be any good at this. This is just making me more mad. That kind of thing. Yeah, and that brings and us back to what we talked about earlier about judgment and curiosity right a statement yeah. about yourself is a judgment i'm no good yeah. i'm i can't do this it's too hard it's a statement whereas if we get curious and go i could be better how could i be better yeah what can i do now to improve i'm feeling low in energy what could i do to generate more energy you know i'm feeling unproductive what could yeah. i do right it's getting curious and and like you said ask yourself a question your brain's not going to be able to resist trying to answer Yeah, there's a really great quote that I came up with just on the cuff in one coaching call that's become a theme. And it is, it's this, it's like the highest performers swim in the pool of ambition versus swim in the pool of struggle, challenge, frustration. So we ask ourselves, am I swimming in the challenge pool right now? I need to get out of that pool and go over to the ambition pool Mm -hmm. and live from there. And there's so many people that I work with or that they know that live in that blame, excuse, denial pool. And they just are in that, you know, saturated. And they need to ask better questions. Mm -hmm. And then self-diagnose. And then, okay, what can I do to level up? Or get my toes out of this pool and maybe stick a toe over here. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really cool kind of way of describing it from an emotional state. Yeah. And I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah, I love the imagery behind that. What does it take when you're you're in that that pool of blame and judgment and you know and you're swimming in that pool what does it take to really first off admit that you have something you have something to do admit that you've got somewhere to go and that you've got to start working towards being better to yourself what does that take yeah that's the magic mm. and it's just the power of questions rating and going after it mm. now a lot of people that I've talked with have said Ugh, that's a lot of work. But when you get, like you said, move from here to here and you start to think about why it's important for you to get masterful there. And that usually is within relationships with those closest to you, mm-hmm. meaning that I could be better for my daughters, in my case, meaning I could be better for my mom. I could be better for my dad. I could be better for my wife. These kinds of things. If that matters, that's fuel to really sort of propel mm-hmm. those kind of changes and those questions. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Charlie, we've talked about a lot today. If you could summarize for everyone listening, 
that is like, you know, you've inspired them, no doubt. And I know everyone wants to create a life that's better than their dreams. They want to even know that that's possible. If you could summarize, what is it that you've ultimately done to create this life that was better than your dreams and continue to move forward in that regard? Yeah. Going right back to that five piece framework, one page on each P and just spend time there. Mm-hmm. Purposeful. What does it look for me to live purposefully? Mm-hmm. What kind of, what things am I doing day to day? Like what's my dream day to live purposeful if I had no other like responsibilities on that day? Mm-hmm. And that opens the mind to figuring that out. What is it that for me to live passionately? And that could be work-based things, but it also could be skiing, it could be running, it could be um, just helping others somehow. What does it mean to live po- positively? And, it, and I like to do the contrast exercise there. What parts of my life are negative or neutral? And then just kind of write those down and shift that. Okay, what would it take to make that positive? Sometimes that means elimination. <laughs> and then next, like the productivity piece. In the way we define it, to live productive is all these different areas of life hmm. in harmony. And what does it take for me to get there? And what I find when people do that page particularly is that they, it's a mindset. It's a simple mindset. Like they just shift. Oh, I, now I know beyond exercise, I need to do it so I do more. I feel more productive. Like before it was just, I got to go exercise. Now it's like, oh, if I exercise, I'll do even better today. Mm-hmm. That's the shift. And then the profitable piece. And when I think about that, I always ask people to write down, where am I trading time for money? Where am I leveraged? Recurring revenue equals personal freedom. And where am I, you know, in today's world, affiliate income, commission income, where do I have partnerships in play where I'm making money by just referring people to great people? You know, and when you get those five elements journaled, you'll be mind blown, especially if you start to do that trifecta where you got those power questions or thoughts. Then you say, okay, what's my level now? And what's one thing I can do to level up? And then if you go back, sort of bonus, (laughs) and you go right back to what we talked about, one new habit a week. We're so blessed in a year to have 52 opportunities to really own habit change. Mm -hmm. So we just say, okay, out of these five areas for the next five weeks, I'm going to pick one, maybe the highest priority one, and start to work on new thoughts, remove judgment, try new things related to that. And then week six, we'll go back, revisit what's another thing I can do to level those numbers up. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of using the five-piece framework times one habit a week. We're really going after it. And then seeing how you feel as you move through time. That's been a huge shift for me, but that's been a huge shift for so many of them that I've been honored to help too. So I hope that answers the question. Oh, it totally does. And what I love specifically about all that is that with two-part is that um, – what you're talking what you talked a lot about was benefit extension is understanding the benefit of something that you're doing so if it's something that feels a bit like an obligation like exercise when yeah. you can understand what you're going to get out of that what the payoff's going to be then you've got something to attach to and then ultimately we know even through physiology that when you start exercising the beautiful chemicals that your body's going to produce when you're exercising going to make you feel great and you're going to become addicted to it anyway but until that happens think about the benefit yeah. And the other piece that I love um, is that we know from human, uh, human happiness studies that two essential elements to be happy are novelty and challenge. So create that challenge for yourself. Do something new every week. One really simple challenge every week 
that's new and different and a bit of a challenge for you and you will yeah. become happier because that's that they're two of the major elements elements that it takes to be happy so you know we're asking you to be happier right this is this is this is a good thing <laughs> it is a great thing amazing so Absolutely. charlie tell tell yeah. us um how we can find you what you're working on right now and for those yeah. people that really are in a place that they they want to get interested in not only how to live more purposefully and passionately but how to turn that into um you know reoccurring revenue in their business so where can they find you and what are you doing yeah so the easiest way to find me, I have two different realms in the way I serve. One is in health, wealth, and happiness in life and business. And that's charlie2.com, C-H-A-R-L-Y-2.com. And then the other is business and internet mastery. And that is at charliecaldwell2.com. So C-H-A-R-L-Y, caldwell2.com. And I was so honored to be in the mastermind with you and with Brendan Burchard, and he asked a very powerful question in May of 2017. He said, what's the one offer that you could put in the world that you, you really want to go after? And then I took that and I said, let me make that even, even more beefy for me. What's the one offer that I could put into the world for the rest of my life mm. that lives purposefully, passionately, positively, productively, and profitably? And that one offer became what we've developed is this mastery community. So essentially, it's a monthly membership program with specific training on health, wealth, and happiness every month, business internet mastery, integrated high-performance coaching. We do that every other or every two to three Wednesdays. And then we have what I call a Zoom roundtable where we just get on, I get on Zoom and we sit here in the studio and answer questions all day <laughs> to really serve the people in it. And that's the ultimate thing that I provide to the world at this point. And I dare say that this is the ultimate thing I'm going to provide to the world for the rest of my life. And I'm hoping that I'm here for quite a while. <laughs> well, you keep so, going the way you're going, Charlie. I have yeah. no, no reason not to be. It's, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, you're such a gift to the world and to, to not only entrepreneurs and people in business, but to be people who just feel like they are swimming around in that challenge pool. And they're aware of it now. And they're like, man, how do I get out of here? And, yeah. and what you've really displayed is that we all have the power to get out of that pool. If we yep. can just take responsibility and realize that all you got to do is climb out and it may be tough and it may feel hard and you may get judgment from those around you that want to stay in that pool. Yep. But if you can just understand that you have the power to make this change and there's a lot of people out there that will support you if you look for them and you've got two guys right here that are more than willing to support you along that journey. So Charlie, thank you so much for, um, for spending time with us for sharing your story with us, for being in the world and serving greatly. Um, it's a real honor to have you here. Um, absolute pleasure, my friend. Thank you, so much. Thank you so incredibly much for this wonderful time together and to get the word out about just helping people live more connected, more joyous, more confident into their best selves. Such an honor being here with you. Thank you so much. You're welcome, my friend. So for all of the listeners out there, we will be back very, very soon. You've been listening to James Williams and Charlie Coldwell. So have a wonderful rest of your day, everybody, and we'll be back very, very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Amazing. That was awesome, man. Awesome. Woo.